Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Michael Stelzner. I'm the host of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. This is the show for marketers and business owners who want to know what in the world works with social media. And I just want to thank you. I know that there's so many choices out there, and the fact that you choose to listen to my podcast really means a lot to me. If you can't tell, this is a labor of love. <laughs> I wouldn't even use the word labor. I just absolutely love this. Uh, it takes me about three hours to put the show together, uh, sometimes more, sometimes less, but they are some of the funnest three hours of my week, and I just want to say thank you to you uh, for joining me. So I'm really excited about today's show. I've got uh, really an incredible interview that you're going to love with a guy named Mark Malkoff. Now, if you don't know who Mark is, and chances are you may not, he is a comedian who makes videos that go crazy viral. For example, he lived in Ikea for a couple of weeks. Yes, he lived inside of an Ikea. He was also carried across the city of New York by complete strangers. This is just two of the wacko things that Mark does. Mark's a normal guy just like you and me. He's super funny. He's creating these videos and they're going viral and he's even getting mainstream media exposure as a result of it. So I decided to reach out to Mark and ask him if he'd be willing to be interviewed and go into what it takes to actually create these videos and uh, how to actually create videos that people love because I'm sure you might be thinking maybe there's something there I could learn. So um, Mark is going to be joining us a little bit later today. But first, I have a shout out I want to share with you. Here's a path worth treading. I want to go ahead and recommend a podcast to you that I think is going to help you. It's called Beyond the To-Do List, and it's by Eric Fisher. And what I love about this podcast is Eric interviews a bunch of people. And by the way, it's through his podcast that I discovered Mark Malkoff. He interviews a bunch of different people from different walks of life, but successful people nonetheless. And he talks to them about how they organize their life and how they organize their day. I'm an avid listener of every single one of his podcasts because I learn and pick up tips on how to be more efficient. And during the holiday season, there's... There never seems to be enough time. So I suggest you listen to Eric's podcast, pick up some tips on how to keep your life organized during the chaotic time of year. Uh, so if you do check him out, make sure to tell him uh, Mike from Social Media Examiner recommended you, or you can say Mike from the Social Media Marketing Podcast. So with that, let's transition over to today's special guest. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best 
of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. I am so excited to be joined today by Mark Malkoff. If you don't know who Mark is, he's a comedian, and he's a creator of videos that go viral, and they're not just any kind of videos. They're crazy videos. As a matter of fact, let me play a clip from the Today Show to help you understand a little bit more about Mark, what he's doing, and who he is. So they say New York, New York is this city so nice they named it twice. Well, one man set out to prove just how nice New Yorkers are, one piggyback at a time. Comedian Mark Malkoff has accomplished some pretty improbable things, from visiting all 171 Manhattan Starbucks locations in one day, Store. to living in a New Jersey Ikea for a full week. It's an amazing day. I'm having the time of my life here. But for his latest stunt, he'd need the help and kindness of complete strangers. I'm going to transport myself from the southernmost end of Manhattan all the way to the most northern end only by having people carry me. Can you carry me at least a couple feet? Take me to State Street across and we're done? Yes! Yes! People were actually doing it. Okay. Yes! I couldn't believe it. I found myself really enjoying the chit-chat. Two children. Yes. Very. What are you cooking for dinner? Anything good? A cassoulet. Mark, so glad to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so uh, I couldn't help but almost cracking up <laughs> watching the little video, little <laughs> yeah. video clip of all the crazy things you've done. Sure. Let me kind of explain to everyone why uh, I wanted you on the show, um, folks. Mark is doing some really, really incredible stuff with video, and it's gotten the attention of literally hundreds of thousands of people, and not just everyday consumers, but also the mainstream media. As a matter of fact, Mark, can you just share some of the shows that you've been on? Oh, sure. Yeah, I've been fortunate that my videos have gotten a, a lot of media coverage. I've done the Today Show four times. I've been on Anderson Cooper. I've been on, let's see, Good Morning America, CBS Early Show, Fox News, MSNBC. Uh, Jay Leno did a monologue joke about me and then showed my Today Show interview for 171 Starbucks, which we can talk about. So, uh, yeah, it's been I've been really, really fortunate to get good bookings and I do my own PR, so we can talk about that as well. So I've never had a publicist, so I can kind of maybe give tips and stuff for TV and stuff. So Yeah, so what's really exciting about this and what we're really going to dig into today is is the creative process that you use, Mark, to come up with these video ideas and how you actually make them all happen. So let's sure. kind of step back a little bit. How did you get started with all this um, and why do you do this? <laughs> 
I, I when I was a kid, I was just in love with comedy. I started doing sketch comedy when I was sixteen in high school. Moved to New York when I was eighteen, and then I did some stand up, a little stand up, but more sketch. And then I just I quit a sketch group that I was running. Just I wanted to kind of go solo, do my own thing, and I just started making videos for the first time. And I'm a huge fan of just when you really want to do something, jumping in. And it was one of those things where I just sold some of my possessions to buy a video camera. I would get friends of mine that had no b- background filming, and I had no idea what I, that, that what I was doing. So I would get like some of my like people on Wall Street, people that just uh, different people that you would not necessarily think to film. And I, I just kind of like learned here and there what was going on. I would just make these videos for my friends. Um, I had no intention of doing this as a career with the, with the videos. I always knew I was going to do comedy. And then I would just start showing the videos at these small shows. And within nine months, I started getting national media attention on, on a video I did. And it was purely accidental. But it really, the enthusiasm for the video and just for the work from from the, the people that did see it, just uh, it was just the signal. Uh, you just have to keep doing this because I, I was enthusiastic anyway. I think there was authenticity in the work from the beginning doing these videos uh, because I had no other in, in, intentions. Like I wasn't result-oriented about them. It was just I wanted to just do stuff that makes me laugh, that's challenging. And then once the media attention started to hit, uh, light bulbs went off and I said I just have to keep doing these. And then very quickly online video became uh, into existence and, that, and from that point on, I've been able to just do my thing and have an audience and just uh, it's been a really, really nice accidental thing that's happened to me. So talk to us about a few of your favorite projects. I really, really love Mark Libs in Ikea. I I went to Ikea uh, off of this other video, which I'll talk about, um, 171 Starbucks. And I had a lot of momentum. I just did this video, 171 Starbucks, that was my national television debut on the Today Show. I was on CNN. I was on Fox News. I got lots of media coverage. Leno, again, was doing stuff on it. So I had this momentum going in, and that was my first That was my first real big hit. I had a, a video a couple years before that got a lot of press, but this thing got was like major, major TV. So I went to the Ikea people, and I said to them, can I live and sleep in your store for a week? And they, they said, what? <laughs> they you probably laughed what? at you, right? <laughs> you know what it was? I had credibility. I'm a huge fan of Momentum. I had the credibility from 171 Starbucks, where the premise is, can you go to every single Starbucks store in Manhattan, all 171 in less than 24 hours, make a purchase and consume something, which I did, which was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. It was a month of training and prep. So I, the IKEA people had heard of the video, and that, I think, gave me credibility. Uh, and I included the TV that I had done. So they, it took me two months of being persistent to, until they agreed. And it was just a lot of just following up phone calls. And it, it ended up being this win-win because it was just the media. I mean, the amount of media that this thing got. I was told by IKEA that it was the most publicity in the United States than that IKEA in the history of the company. So it, it was like within two or three hours of me walking into the store to live, Reuters and the Associated Press were there uninvited. And once I knew that, I mean, it was people in Japan. I had friends in England, all these different countries, Italy, reading about this thing. I didn't tell them about it. It was this global thing. And it ended up getting – I was on a lot of TV. I got an agent out of it. I got my representation out of it. And it was purely to me, I just wanted the video content. I just thought like the whole thing of me living in a store – and getting to rollerblade with security guards at three in the morning and just the whole people shopping and seeing this guy living in there, that, that it just excited me. I had no other intention. I thought it would get some attention, but I had no idea. And it turns out that people, 
the whole like living in a store thing, a lot of people like when they were kids really fantasized. So I had people driving hours to come visit me in Ikea and it was just the views I think were 1.8 million views. The media pressions were just out of this world. And they, the Ikea ended up winning the PR it was the PR week of the year award for campaign. And they, it's basically the Oscars for PR and they won all the campaigns. And they gave me the freedom to do whatever I wanted video-wise. They didn't check. They just basically said, we trust you. And they let me do my thing. And they, we both, it was a win-win. So that was one of my favorite projects. How many videos did you do on that, on that assignment? I think it was 20. And again, like most brands that I work with, and I, I get it, they want to look at the videos before they go out. They want their legal departments on it. And it's just very much, sometimes they'll be like, you know, we don't like this or to change this because of this. And Ikea was like, we trust you. They, that's what they said when they met me. They met me at Ikea and they said within five minutes, there was just something they, they just, they just felt like they could trust me. And I had no hidden agenda. I, I really didn't other than just doing family friendly. And I told them that I would be family friendly videos that kids could watch. I got every demographic you could, you could imagine. For that IKEA project and most of my projects that I hear from, which I'm, I'm proud of, and from families to people in college, the 20s, 30s, up to seniors. So that was one of my favorite videos. I mean, I still was just interviewed by the BBC uh, two days ago about it. I, I still, it's been, it'll be five years in January, and every year I still get media coming to talk to me. Did this really happen? Can we talk about this? So I, I have a feeling the rest of my life. People will be talking about that. You'll be the IKEA man. So maybe. (laughs) Let me ask you this question, and I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are probably like, "Hmm, Mark, you know, is this is this something you're doing so that, um, you know, what's your end game with this? Are you going to start? Have you started your own agency? And this is now a kind of a you guys produce videos for businesses or is this Mark's way of maybe um, getting a bigger stage as a comedian? I'm just curious, like what's your, now that you've figured out this is something valuable, what are you doing with this? You know, it's, I, I, the end result is 100%. I just want to do stuff that makes me laugh, that challenges me. And sometimes brands are involved, sometimes they're not. But like when I got carried across New York City by 155 individuals, 9.4 miles in 11 degree weather, it was just to make me laugh. Like I just wanted to prove to the world New Yorkers were nice. And it ended up Anderson Cooper, the Today Show, and it got a lot of views. But that was a video just to amuse myself. But at the same time, when I do work with brands, I think the reason a lot of the brand videos have been successful um, in terms of the media coverage, like when I worked with Ford Motor Company, I gave them four ideas. They picked one. And it was just – it was all ideas that they just – that they really thought were funny, that I thought were funny. Ford gave me the best note out of all the brands I've worked with, which is you're featuring the car too much in the first video. So it went less. So they really, really get the whole uh, you know the video things when you're working with brands and stuff. They, they were just great. They gave me the freedom to do my thing. And I think when the brands do give me the freedom to do my thing, those have been the most successful ones. So, But in terms of long term, I, you know, I, I, did a, I did a thing with Nestle Drumstick this summer. I did a thing with Kodak last December. So when the brand stuff comes, it's great. Sometimes it's me knocking on doors. Sometimes they come to me. But that's really not my end goal. I like doing them. They are fun. Uh, and sometimes I come up with the creative, sometimes they do. But, uh, in terms of, uh, I still am a comedian at heart. Like I'm the biggest comedy nerd. Like whenever I meet well-known comics, like I'm just such a, like, I just, they, they're always kind of in awe because I know so much about them. And it's just the love of doing the comedy. I think it shines through the work. Um, and I have no other agenda other than just to, you know, just to, just to do funny stuff. 
Awesome. I mean, that's awesome. Well, let, let's break it down, Mark, for yeah. folks for folks that kind of want to know. Um, let's start with the process that you go through when you're coming up with a new idea. Like, I don't know, you probably have an idea that you're working on right now. How do you actually go from, you know, sure. how do you come up with the idea? I guess let's start there. I've been doing it since I was comedy, since I was 16. I'm kind of an idea machine. Like every everybody I know out there that's listening and you and me, we all have different strengths. I'm really, really good at coming up with ideas, probably because I've been doing it in a while. I just sit with my notebook and I will just come up with things like what amuses me. Like what are, if I could do anything unlimited, like what would I do? Like what challenges me? What makes me laugh? And then if I write down 30 or 40 ideas, half of them will be bad um, and there are always like maybe two or three that I'll just like circle or or mark. And then I really think about this like, okay, like can how how would this look on video? Is there a story to be told? And then I'm a huge fan of getting advice. Like advice to me has helped me so many times. It saved me. It's helped me. So I just yeah, use your resources. Like I always say use your resources. Like, like um, I just – I'll go to my comedy friends or just creative friends and like, what do you think about these ideas? And I always go with my gut instinct. Like I don't listen to everybody all the time, but, uh, so that's it. I just narrow the thing down. And then I just ask myself, is this going to be, is this going to be worth, worth it? Like for one, seven, one Starbucks, it was a month of training on a bicycle around New York city. And it was just the, the research was like nothing I've ever had to do. I mean, it was, I had to go to every store personally and train on a bike. I had to find a director who could ride a bike for 23 hours straight in New York City. So, and, and it turned out my, my curiosity was genuine. Can't, could, would it be possible to go to all 171 stores? And the Starbucks um, employees I talked to wouldn't—they didn't even know how many store, stars there were. The stores there were. I called Starbucks. They wouldn't tell me. So I had to personally go to every single store. So it was the biggest. I mean, it was a lot of pain. I was in pain for days with this video. But the only thing that really drove me through was just the enthusiasm for the project. And it's just problem solving. It's like, how will I be able to film this? Uh, in this day and then just like the right cameras and the right camera people. And it was, it's just problem solving using my resources. So Mark, let me, let me um, just summarize a few things that I heard you say before we keep going. Um, So what I hear you saying is that the ideas you start and you write them down and you're like an idea machine. And then a couple of them seem to stand off the page and you, you soundboard them with, with people you trust. But at the end of the day, it's really going to be you and you're going to make the final decision, but you talk it out with others, right? Oh yeah. Advice is like, I don't care what business you're in. I mean, I I go to Proverbs all the time. I try to read Proverbs in the morning and stuff. And like all that stuff like is, is just really, really valuable stuff. Like I try to start my mornings just like stuff that inspires me. I read a lot of like motivational books. I go to like Proverbs sometimes in the Bible and stuff. And it's just like that advice is just such a, it's I can't emphasize enough to any anybody that's listening. I highly recommend that whatever whatever you're doing. That's so awesome. I mean, and I do the exact same thing whenever yeah. whenever I have an idea. So let's say you've got the idea. Sure. You've got the next idea. Mark yeah. Malkoff knows what he's going to do. What's the next? What's the what? How do you plan it out? It's it's coming up with some sort of game plan, getting feedback on that game plan. For example, 171 Starbucks, we originally, uh, somebody offered a car. And I, in my head, I was like, I don't know if this is the best method, but we're going to try it. So a lot of it's trial and error. We tried it with a car and it was disastrous. And that's when somebody's like, Mark, you have to be on a bike. And like, I don't know, for people that have been to New York City and you've seen people on bicycles, I mean, 
I was scared to death. I had never been on a bike in, in NYC and it took me about a couple of weeks to get comfortable doing it. And I just, one of those things, do I want this badly enough? So I just had to talk, use my resources, talk to everyone I, I literally know. Do you know a director who, who was a bike pro? I needed somebody that could really ride a bike and it took me a long time, but I really believed in this project and it was just getting to the right people, which, you know, it just takes failing a lot, you know, just to get to the right person. It's like, it's like just persevering through that, getting the right people and then just getting smart people around a table and just being like, this is the plan and people just kind of like tweaking it and just thinking of different things. And, um, you know, like, did you think about this or this might be here? And then the day of the shoot, just doing it and being flexible with your plan, you know, I mean, it, it, it was so um, crazy with 171 Starbucks that like, I did so much research that I knew I had to hit Wall Street in the afternoon because if I hit Wall, Wall Street in the morning, there was going to be too many people in line. So it was just all these, just as you do as much research as you as you can on these projects, I do, and then just let the results kind of happen. Like for for me getting carried across New York City, I didn't make it the whole way. That's I think thirteen miles. I was carried nine point four miles, but it's still you know it still works. I mean, there's again authenticity. The fact I didn't you see I didn't make it the whole way, but the yeah, fact you, was, there was a storm coming in, right? It was. I mean, it was the coldest day of the year. It was a mess. Nineteen hours. I was in pain for days on that video as well. So it is that thing where people in my life are like are people really going to carry you? And I say, I think so, but I don't know. I never, I don't think I've ever told anyone this, but I think it was like a couple days before we went down to the Staten Island ferry entrance and I tried it out just to see if people would do it. And it took about maybe 10 minutes, but I was able to get one person to carry me like 30 feet just as a test. And I said, you know what, we're going to be okay. <laughs> That's totally cool. So, okay. So this, this, did, yeah, this is a perfect transition to my next question because, you know, with these videos that you do, they're almost like yep. documentaries, right? And you're dealing with lots of people that are strangers and, sure. and unknown variables and stuff. So sure. you, you, ha you must have all this video footage. How do you decide what in the world to use when you're oh. putting together the final video? It's a really hard thing. Like I'll have an outline of what I want, but sometimes the, the video footage that we have is hours and hours and hours to get down to five minutes. And it's just, you know, I mean, it's just sitting through the the footage, it's, especially if you have two cameras, it just, it takes forever, which is why I think me getting carried took several weeks to put together. And I mean, I really like going a little bit longer with the videos, but the attention span on, especially on YouTube is like, it's hard to go more than three or four minutes. I would even say less is more. So it's just trying to get to tell that story. And like, like 171 Starbucks was 10 minutes and that was 2007. And there's no way if I did that today that it would be that long. Five minutes, four minutes tops. So it's just, it's really, really tricky. But the longer you do it, the more you, you I personally have like been able to, you know, tell a story in shorter time and just. Can you give a couple tips? How do you know what to keep and what to get rid of? Um, I tested out on friends. I just, um, you want to leave people um, wanting more. So it's just, it's like, it's just, I don't know. If you watch a lot of videos, like I watch a lot of videos on YouTube, I kind of like see like what other people are doing. So if anything is extraneous, just get it out. Like if you can tell, if you can say something in three seconds versus 10 seconds, do it. It's just, that's what I've kind of learned along the way. I think if people look at my earlier work, you just kind of, you, it's just like anybody that's doing it, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And it just, it sometimes takes a while, you know? I mean, it's definitely a, a process, but, and I, and I work with good editors. And I mean, when I was starting out, people 
want to work for free. I mean, I was eating money. I mean, I, every year, and I know people like this too, is I looked at it long-term as an investment. I had no other uh, fallback. I was like, I'm going to do this. So I would just get, you know, use Mandy.com and Craigslist to get people and, and friends as well, like recommendations or friends to work for free. Cause I was losing money. People just want experience. So I just kind of like been, was able to build a team that way and then have pe- really strong editors that could kind of like being like, this is, this is what I think, this is like what I would do. And then I always made the final call. But having those extra eyes of people that are really knowledgeable, that are good at their job has helped a lot. So Mark, I mean, at your core, you're really a, a storyteller, I think, with these videos, right? Because you don't just go into an Ikea for a week and then just create a five-minute video out of it without having some kind of thread, right? So oh yeah, how do you do so. that? Can you share a little tips on how do you decide to weave the story? Do you have it all in mind when you're in there or does it kind of come out of the result? A little bit of both, but it's all curiosity. I did this video called Apple Store Challenge, which got over a million views on YouTube. And it was a solid year of me just being curious. Whenever I'd be at the Apple Store there would just be stuff at the Apple store that no other store would ever allow. No one had ever told that story. So hypothetically, off camera, I would ask Apple store employees, hypothetically, could you do blank? And I'd give an outrageous scenario and they would look at me and say, I, I, I don't see why not. So I did this video <laughs> where I brought a goat into the Apple store up on 66th and Broadway in New York City. Totally fine. Like my wife and I were just like my Christine, um, who helps me with all my videos, is just like I, I she was so nervous what would happen. And I was just like, is this gonna be okay? We were able to get a goat and we brought it in and <laughs> people loved it. I mean the Apple store employees all got a kick out of it. People were taking pictures and um what did, what else did I got a pizza delivered to the Apple store on the second floor and the <laughs> Apple store employee said, Did you just order a pizza? And I said yes. He's like, I think that's really cool. Like no other store, like um I dressed up like Darth Vader and got my iPhone repaired and all the Apple Store employees <laughs> charged me. I thought I was going to get kicked out, but no, they wanted photos with Darth Vader. Um, Christine and I had a date at the Apple Store with a, with a meal served by a waiter and then we danced uh, to slow to a trumpet player that we hired to play for us. Um, slow danced in the middle of the store. Totally cool. So that was all curiosity based and it was, it was just like, what can you get away with the, in the Apple Store? And I just kind of illustrated this. And uh, I, the Apple Store people, uh, I, anonymously, certain people contacted me, and they, the, the people that contacted me, told me that they really liked the video. And people have come up to me from Apple on the on at restaurants, and they've said that they've showed the video and certain training things to new employees, like what can happen. So, I'm not out to make anyone look bad. It's just pure curiosity. Like I did this other video where I raced the New York City bus on a child's big wheel one mile on 42nd Street from 10th Avenue to Madison Avenue, and it was just. I was just frustrated with buses being slow, and I was like, even a child's big wheel could probably beat a bus, and I won by two minutes, and it got a lot of press as well, and that that was all curiosity-based. I mean, I feel like the best stuff that resonates with audiences is just my my own curiosity. Can I pull this off? Am I willing to to do the research that kind of like goes into it that the audience will not see, and just, just, just kind of jump in? I don't think I've laughed this much during a podcast. I just want to... <laughs> um, Mark... So let's say you got the videos. How do you get them seen? Because I'm sure in the beginning that was one of your struggles, right? I mean, how do you how do yeah. you get your videos? How do you promote them? It's gotten a lot harder. It's funny because I've talked to some of these people, the the YouTube people that get millions of views, and they they keep telling me it's getting harder. But I over time, and it's just momentum based. Again, I've been able to make relationships with journalists, which has really helped me. So let's say I have a video, and it's the morning of my release. My media plan: I will spend a week full-time working on a media plan targeting to who this video should go to with blogs and news sites. So I, I, I personally email 
individually to journalists. And I will say, like, let's say the person's name is Mary or Joe, and the subject head, headline will say, Hi, Joe, uh, forward slash man gets carried in NYC 9.4 miles by strangers. Get their attention, personalize it. Mass emails, a lot of times journalists will not even deal with, but if they see their name, they'll at least look at it. And it's really, really time consuming, but it's 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 emailing all those sites like Huffington Post and you know uh, CNN, Fox News. And I've, I, I will spend sometimes up to an hour trying to find somebody's email address, somebody's email address. Sometimes they're buried and it's just digging deep with Google to try to get somebody, just to get to somebody. And um, it's just what that is, is just going to all those different journalists, all those websites. Uh, BuzzFeed is a popular comedy site. Um, and, you know, they're all looking for content. So I feel like it's a win-win. I keep my email to them very short. Hi, Mary. Uh, you know, this is a video that I've done before you've covered my stuff just to let them know they've covered my stuff and, and just kind of like lay out what I did in a short paragraph. Um, thank you uh, for considering this for your site. Uh, best regards, Mark Malkoff. And then uh, under that, I'll just put like a small press release with my bio. And uh, that is it. All you really need, if you get a few sites, three sites, four sites, because I'll email a crazy amount of sites. If you get a few places to embed your video and cover it, that's where it starts to spread. All you need is a few. Like for 171 Starbucks, the Daily News covered me, and that that's all it took for it to get all over the world. It was just one little thing. So it's just a numbers game to me. And over time, I've just been able to kind of, uh, you know, know some journalists and stuff. And I've been able to like my friends that have had videos kind of help the journalist out because they, they need, they need content to kind of believe that my friend has this. So it's give and take, you know, so that's basically how I do my publicity. So, so once you develop that relationship with these folks, is there yeah. kind of like, okay, uh, do they tend to help you out in the future? So I, I would say, you know, I, some people get back to me all the time. Some people, if I, if I send them three projects, maybe one, they'll, they'll they'll get back to me. The journalists and the media are very busy people, which I get. I understand. I mean, I'll, when one time on the Today Show, I couldn't get any of the producers to email me back. So I emailed one of the anchors, and that's how I got booked. And she thanked me for emailing her. So, I mean, it's one of those things. If I'm going to email Fast Company, I'm going to email five people at five Fast Company just to increase my odds of getting somebody to cover me. So that's it. It's just a lot of detective work. A lot of times I don't hear back from people. You can't take it personally. That's that's okay. And uh, just to see what I can get booked. I, I knew somebody at CNN who had covered me once, and I just sent them the video I was working on. And I, they forwarded all around ta all around CNN. Uh, two days later, I got an email from Anderson Cooper's people. Do you want to come on tomorrow? I said, what? Yes, I want to come on tomorrow. And they said, that's, that's how they heard about it. And then they called me that day, and they said, Mark, we have this idea. I don't know if you'll do it where Anderson Cooper's uh, stage crew, their their floor crew carries you onto the set and they, they take turns carrying you as Anderson interviews you. And I said, if you see my videos, I'm up for anything. So, I mean, you just <laughs> never know. If you get it to somebody, people, I really do feel that people want to help people. So, yeah, I mean, so many people online, not even just journalists, but just individuals have been so nice about spreading my videos. I, I Twitter, Facebook, um, just in pure emails. It's just uh, it's been a really nice thing. And, I've, and I count myself very blessed. Well, you've done a lot of this and you probably have made some mistakes along the road. What are some of the common pitfalls that you might want to share with some of your peers that are, you know, want to be like Mark Malkov's, you know, um, Oh, sure. That, that, that's a great question. I talk to so many people that just like they put their whole they, 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 they look at doing like videos like the lottery. Like, well, I hope it goes viral. Like they put it up to on YouTube or wherever and they just kind of 
they they sit they sit on their hands and they just think it's like it's all luck. And you know what? Once sometimes it is, but I think that the the, the best stuff for the most part is very calculated with how it's seen and people just really going a, a, a big effort to to get it all around to people and stuff. So I just feel like don't put it up there and just wait for it to go viral. Like be proactive. That's one good thing. Um, don't go more than three minutes if you can. Like, I'm kind of like I break that rule sometimes. I well, I can kind of get away with it, but I try to keep it short. Um, if you can do one video versus three or four, I think that that is good. Um, it's just so hard to get multiple videos seen. Like like my celebrity sleepover videos, I did these videos where I went to L.A. where the narrative is I didn't want to spend thousands on hotels, so I asked famous people, can I sleep over? People that I just tweeted, I sent Facebook message. Most of them I didn't know, and I got 13 people to say yes. That The narrative video – the one video, the main video got a lot of views, but the subsequent videos didn't get as many. And I just feel like if I can do one video um, and just get more views with that than multiple videos, I think that is good. Get your video message across within, I'd say, 30 seconds, 20 seconds. You have to get people's attention. Stand out. Don't try to be a cop. Don't copy what's popular. People want original things. And, you know, if somebody is doing a video and they, they have a hard time coming up with original things, use your resources. Just like get people in that you know, friends, family that might have good ideas and just have a brainstorming session. And, uh, yeah, using your resources is, is a really good thing. And don't put up videos until you've gotten people's advice. It's it's one of those things that I was ready to put something up and people like, Mark, you, you spelled mustard wrong. And I said, what? So <laughs> <laughs> things. I think that those are all really good hints. And really think about who your audience is because, I mean, there's always sites, like depending on what I'm doing, where, like for example, Apple, when I did my Apple store, all those Apple sites, the fan sites that I that I went to, and all those tech sites that I'd never really been covered. And I, I some of them covered me for this tech project I did, but most of them not so much. So it was just doing that research, which I know takes a long time, which is not my favorite thing. I would rather be creative 100% of the time. But um, yeah, just doing your research on who, who would watch this uh, and then trying to get to those people. Those are some great, great tips. Is there anything that you have been, this is my last question, by the way, is there anything that you've been experimenting with lately, Mark, when it comes to the the craft of creating videos or the social component? Like, for example, you were saying you were researching some of the some of the stuff. Uh, is there any particular tip or, or any particular something new that Mark is starting to do in his videos that you think might have some play or any kind of unique things that you've been experimenting with right now? I always like to ask our guests, you know, like oh, what, what are you yeah. on the edge of maybe breaking through on when it comes to tips and techniques? Oh goodness. I don't know if I have anything. I mean, my stuff has definitely gotten t- tighter and better, but I don't know any new stuff. I mean, like the the thing is, is that I I mean the, the hardest thing for me right now that, that I'm trying to do is a lot. Of, it's hard for me to think small. My videos ideas a lot that I want to do are so expensive, and brands just would have to come on board and spend so much money. I mean, the hardest thing that I have right now, and I know I'm not answering your question. I'm sorry. Is That's all right. I have so many ideas that are hard to pull off that I've been seeing people that I see people do my ideas before me, and it's just it's really really hard. And all I can do is just keep coming up with ideas and stuff. So that's where I am now. It's just like it's a race 
to to try to do the idea before <laughs> other people do it because people think of the same ideas. You know, some people said I was ripped off by one seven one Starbucks. Other people doing that, whatever. It's it. it I guess people do that. I, I consider it a compliment. When I lived on an airplane for a month through with AirTran, people kind of copied that as well. People yeah. Well, okay, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Since yeah, how in the world it. how in the world did you pull that off? Was it a, a was it a grounded really, plane or was it one? A, crazy, crazy story. I had the idea to live on a plane for a month to get over my fear of flying. I wanted to do it with Richard Branson's company, Virgin, printed up the treatment with episode ideas, filed it away. A couple people in my life said, there's no way that's going to happen. Two months later, one of my friends sent me a Facebook message that she was in a pitch meeting with the AirTran people in Georgia. And they said, what about the guy that lives in Ikea? We'll get him to live on one of our planes for a month had the same idea. I said, not only do I have the same idea, I have all the video ideas. I emailed them to her. Like, I said, let's do this thing. They get me down to Atlanta, FBI background check, TSA's involved, and 135 flights on this plane in a month set a Guinness World Record. My wife, Christine, had to fly with me on the weekends. I couldn't shower for a month. I had to clean myself with baby wipes. Um, <laughs> the logistics to this thing was was insane. I'd sleep on the lone, alone on the plane at night. The TSA would come on, turn on the lights, and they said, Mark, is that your suitcase? And I say I'm the only one on the plane. They said, "Sorry, Mark, go back to sleep." So this this was this was a solid month, and I was promoting their GoGo Wi-Fi. So I'd be in the during the uh, when the flights were going on, I'd be on on on, on their Wi-Fi on Twitter on Facebook, and the video content had never been done before like this. So it was a really amazing, amazing. They put my face on an airplane that went all over the country. Like my, my mom was in Atlanta and she said, Mark, you know, your face is on a plane. And I said, I, I've heard that just really surreal, crazy project that just kind of, uh, happened. I don't, I can't explain it other than there's lots of prayer that gets, gets involved in my projects. And, you know, I don't know. Mark, did you have any clue when you were little messing around with the video camera or whatever that you'd be doing all this stuff? I always got obsessed with doing things. So, I mean, I, I always was doing these type of things in my daily life anyway. I just never thought I could make a career of it. I never thought that I would be able – like the access to those video cameras has gotten so much easier. When I was a kid, it was like still really kind of harder. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you, my, I think my parents and the people who have known me my whole life are not – they don't get really surprised anymore. I think that they they thought something like this would happen for the for the good or bad. But they've always been so supportive. Everyone, all my friends and family and stuff. So I, I think that they saw it coming. Well, Mark, uh, you've been a big inspiration uh, to I'm sure not just me, but a lot of people that are listening right now. If people want to follow um, you and what you're doing and want to learn more, where would you send them? Um, I have a lot of videos on this comedy website that I work for called MyDamnChannel.com, also MarkMalkoff.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MMalkoff. So those are some of the good platforms you can see me, or if you just Google my name, stuff comes up. So yeah, I'd really appreciate if you guys check out my stuff, and this has been so much fun. Thanks so much for having me on. Mark Malkoff, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day, and we can't wait to see all the crazy stuff that's coming in the future from you. It's a, it's a real pleasure. Mark's a pretty cool guy. Be sure to check out his website at markmalkoff.com, M-A-L-K-O-F-F. And if you can't remember it, just check out the show notes. You can find the show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 15. Now, if this podcast has been valuable to you, one way you can express uh, your your appreciation is just to visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash love. This will populate a little tweet into your Twitter stream that will let your friends know about the podcast. 
So this does bring us to the end. Oh, man, I can't believe it. We're already there to yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please give us a review on iTunes. And I hope you make the best of your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.